0: Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. When shall I go from your spirit? Or where where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me. And your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness will cover me, and the light about me be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake, and I am still with you. O that you would slay the wicked, O God. O men of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Father, we just ask you today to
1: to let your words sink into our hearts. Father, for your majesty to just be seen. You know, we, we come here because we've been changed. And this is our community. This is our community church. This is where we've been drawn to gather before you to know each other, to know you. And Father, we pray that your blessings would be on us. David's words are strong. You formed us, you created us, you spoke life into existence. What do we have to worry? Around us is a lot of turmoil, sometimes personally, sometimes internally, sometimes in our relationships and and God it seems so definitely in this country and our world but yet you're God we look back over all the history of mankind and you've always been there in the end and you always will be so Father thank you for who you are and we ask that your spirit would just sit in this room, and we would hear your words in your presence, that you would purify us, you'd fill us with power, and let us live with purpose. Thank you, Father. Amen. Cool. Um, Before we talk this morning, before we get going, I just want to... Talk a little about like when it's ready, when it's time to move forward. Um, but before we do, I just want to say it's just really cool to be home. Um, uh, Evan was teasing me and he, he was leaving this morning. He said, take care of my people this morning. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know, Evan, we really appreciate you teaching. He goes, oh, I was playing. I'm like, you're good, man. You're good. Um, being gone as much as I've been gone, it's just cool to have a family, to have a, a place to call home. And um, I just love being here, and I hope you do too. In fact, I guess you do, or you wouldn't be here. So, um, you know, um, we have just as a church have just been in the midst of a ton of blessing, you know. Um, I didn't get a chance to see Kendra this morning, but um, the, the daycare, I, the last I heard, it's still totally full in enrollments. I think they're still looking maybe for a staff person or something, and um, the teachers are full of. The spirit, I think almost all of them now are I think almost all of them, I think all of them are saved. Most of them are pursuing him, which is huge. It gives us that innovation to do ministry. And I know Kendra and Jamie were working on the last steps of a kind of one year plan to get all the, the ministry components in place, not just the care and the education, but those really begin to minister to these families. And so you just begin, we're we're coming up in about 10 months now since God told us to take some steps, right? And, but we're just just like we're just so much to do. And, um, and of course, Sustainable Discipleship and Keyless House. And there's just so much. And um, I don't know about you, but, like, it's just kind of overwhelming even to come back to be with family, but then to know that Monday's coming, you know. And Monday, there's just a ton of ministry, and it's such an opportunity and a blessing for us. And then I know weighing, like, heavy on my heart has just been, how do we reach outside these walls? Um, and I'm not saying that we don't carry our faith out there, but I'm, like— eight out of ten of the people in a five-mile radius don't believe in God, or if they do, they're not connected to Him, and um, that means they don't go to another religion. They don't go anywhere, and it's just, it's mind-boggling to me. It's, um, it's begun to break my heart. I remember we started on this journey to figure out the discipleship stuff, which seems like we've kind of nailed, at least for now, with God's help, because uh, that's booming, too. Like, we're just constantly gone, um, helping other people, which is great, but it's odd to be away. It's just a lot going on. It's just like, how do you reach them? And so we've just been so kind of overwhelmed. But, but in all of this, there's this real positive sense for me that it's just, I, it's just time to take that next step forward, right? And we've been saying that. And so in the daycare, in the sustainable discipleship, in the community, we're just like, how do we, we just keep taking that step forward? I don't know if you, do you ever feel this way yourself. You're like, I know I got to move from here. And it doesn't have to always be a bad place, right? Sometimes it's a stinky place. And you're like, I got to get out of here right? And, but, but even when you're just in a good place or just in place, and you just know, you just sense in your heart, like it's time to move forward, right? To move forward maybe from something that's not good for us, uh, to move forward to something that's better than the good that we already have. Um, how about this? How about to, t- it's time to move forward emotionally. Anybody ever feel that way? Like, I guess got to grow up, or I got to get my head out of my keister, or I got to get more bulletproof, you know? I, I want my joy back. To move forward um, spiritually, maybe just even in careers, in you know, our jobs, our lives. It's just, you know, it's, it's time to move forward. So I don't know um, if you're there, but I'm going to share with you something that during the 28 Days of Prayer, God just pushed into my heart, and it super inspired me, and it reminded me, and it clarified for me this idea of like, what do you do when it's time to move forward? And, and I love this. I'm actually participating with some other churches in studying and teaching the Psalms under the title um, Songs of Jesus. And this genius guy came up with this idea. He said, you know, Jesus knew all this stuff, right? The Psalms are the most quoted book in all of the New Testament by Jesus. Like, he's just always quoting left and right, you know, prophecy and joy and hope and, you know, how to deal with sorrow and everything else. And and his angle is really neat guy. His angle was this. He said, how about we study all these as if Jesus knew the words, and as people brought their problems to Him, or He interacted on the planet while I was here, these are the songs He would have been humming or singing to them, or saying, "Hey, it's on my playlist. Go listen to this." And and so it's really interesting because I've never been a tremendous fan of the Psalms. Like I I found them sappy, and like if you're really dying, they're great to read because you know like there's hope and everything. But during the twenty days of prayer, there were a lot of Psalms that got quoted as our daily scriptures, right? So I was just leaning in on them. And I mean, without a shadow of a doubt, like this, um, this Psalm 139 just like stuck out. It just it was there. And it just jumped off this, the, the card. And I didn't even read the whole Psalm. I just read a couple of verses. And, and they were actually the last two verses of the Psalm, right? And, and so I read these and it caught my attention and I actually paused praying, went back and read the whole Psalm and I was like, holy cow. Anyway, so I should probably share with you these two verses. So the first that caught me was this, it was verse 23 of Psalm 139, it said this, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Like when is the last time you did that with God? Like, bring it on. <laughs> You know, or I, you're my trainer, and I so want to lift 250. You do whatever it takes to get me there. You know, when is the last time you stopped and just, like, said, you know, search me, test me, turn on the spotlight, turn the heat up, boil out, whatever it is that's in me, you show me, and I like that, and see if there be any grievous way in me. That word caught me. And it's really funny, because what I pictured Was one of those uh, creepy monsters from uh, the movie Monsters, and and you're like you know, and like, is there any anything in me that's like that? You know, that's like this monster, and it's uh, it's destroying me, and it's it's sucking the life out of me. It's poison to me, it's poison to you, it's poison to the people around me. Is there anything, God? And you, and you think, well, no, i mean, like, I don't, I don't know. I, I am a little older than some of you. I'm not faced with some of the same temptations I was when I was 35. Anybody else feel that way? Like, some of the stuff that was bugging me then, eh, whatever. Right? Nobody? Just me? Okay, sure. Um, they're all lying. It is. So there's just, but there's just like, I, you know, it's like I, I tried to win the $1.7 billion in the lottery, and I didn't win, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, I don't know, right? I got to be honest with you. I don't really want to manage $1.7 billion anyway. Like, that's just going to be a pain. Like, let's just get enough to get by. We're good, right? So this things change. So don't, I, monsters monsters change too. So like, the, you might look at the stuff that bugs me. Like, I told a fish story the other day, just kind of, I didn't mean to. I just it, it stretched a little bit. And I'm laying in bed like at 2 in the morning, oh God, I'm a liar, you know? And that's what's killing me right now. There's a fish story. And you're like, oh, wish that was my life, you know. I'm on drugs. Okay, whatever. So, but wherever you're at, your monster is your monster. And I saw, he's like, look in me and see if there's any of these little monsters running around that are, that are stealing from me, things I need to fix, things I need to change. And, it, and that really, me and that really supercharged the next verse, which was like, you know, verse 24. But before we go there, David's writing this, right? David, godly man, super, after God's own heart, that's what God describes. King. King of all Israel, picked by God, handpicked. And David's like this, before I move forward, check me. I need a self-check, a self-awareness check, check me. Before I move forward, God, check me. Show me anything I need to get ready before I ask this. Lead me in the way everlasting. I like. He didn't say, show me what to do. Show me where to go. What's next for me, God? He didn't anything. He praised this. This is a guy who's been in battle. He's I love his words. Like he's just writing the song. It's actually a song written, a poem, a song written, but he's it's it's incredible. He didn't say, right, the everlasting way. He says the what? The way everlasting. That is powerful to me, or at least it was in a moment. Because I was like, okay. First, we're going to see if there's any, what, grievous way in me. And then I want you to move me over here, and I want you to lead me, what? To do this great thing, or my next big step. No, no, no. The way everlasting, who even knows what that means? I mean, we do. But, I mean, it could be for you a career, or a ministry, or a marriage, or it, it could mean anything. His ways, right, his ways, when he picks them, become the, what, the way is everlasting. He was he said, anything I start, I finish. Right? He says that to Zerubbabel and all the people picking on him. On and on and on and on again. The point is, we're like, I want to know God's will for me. I don't even know if I want to know that anymore. Just how about this? Look, it's such a simple prayer. It doesn't even say, tell me what to do. He says this, lead me, which means what? Moment by moment. Don't, don't tell me the whole plan. Don't just lead me. I'm willing to follow you. Lead me in the way everlasting. In other words, I don't just want a good plan. I want the best plan. And you know what this means, because God, God began things. He will end things. He has always been. He knows everything. He's all powerful. David's like, I've been through it all. What I want is the way everlasting. <laughs> Your way the one that's going to last, the one that will not get messed up. It makes me think of this scripture. You hear this quoted all the time, but this is a powerful scripture, right? Many are the plans or the dreams, depending on what you're reading, in a man's heart. Anybody else have this? Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to buy the lottoes again. 1.7 billion dollars. Whatever it is. I'm going to do it. I mean, Amber's like, oh, we need to win. If we win that, we're going to build a retreat center. I was like, I don't want to have a retreat center. Like, <laughs> do you really want to run a retreat center? No, but people need an affordable one. I go, how about we just give the money to somebody and let them run a retreat center? Like, I don't want anything to do with this, right? Many are the plans, the dreams in our hearts, but only the purpose of God will stand. What does that mean? Here's the hint. You're all going to die, and, and, and hopefully before me, because I've got things i got left to do. And some of you are old. So, and, and we're going to put you in the ground. And they're going to put you in this hermetically sealed thing that even worms will get in. And you're going to get eaten by worms like everybody else. But God is going to go on. So I can come up with anything that I want to do. But if I can figure out how to do what God's doing, his purpose in this world, not his purpose for me. His, yeah, but I join him in his purpose. If I can figure out what his purpose is in Ackworth, in my family, in this church, in this world, and I get involved with that, I am making a what? A way everlasting investment. This is what David is saying. And it really becomes clear, like when you read the rest of the psalm. And we're going to look at it in just a second. I, this, it's so funny to me because I say, like I discovered this truth. Like I was like, ha, when I read this during the, 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 the weeks of prayer. But it was, I was a rediscoverer, because it dawned on me, when I was thinking about this, this is exactly what God had already shown me in other places in the Bible that I taught my kids, right? So we always taught the kids this. At they, to this day, if I start to say this, they go, Dad, and they roll their eyes. Every time the kids left, every time I left them, every time, any, I would say this. Choose God. Every decision counts. Good always wins. That was my summary theology for my children. Choose God. Every decision counts. There is no decision that doesn't count for you. It's always the little ones you think, eh, that pile up and the next thing you know, monsters inside of you, grievous way. Choose God. Every decision counts. Good always wins. I wanted them to know and to base their life upon truths, and ways that would be what? Everlasting. I knew if I could get them on the right team, the winning team, the God team, because God always wins, that they would end up winning. No matter where their heart got broken or what happened at school, what temptations came, whether they failed, whether they succeeded, if they, 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 they could figure this out how to spend their money the way he said, how to be generous, how to be gracious, and be kind, that then they would rule the world with him. Like there was just no question. So with this in mind, this, this idea that like I check me, God, and I want to move forward. I got to be honest with you. Like I'm at that same place. I am totally good with everybody who's in this room. I love you. I told you that. I love being here. Okay, so don't take this wrong. I want to make sure that everybody else has the opportunity to be you. So about 15, 17 years ago, something like that, I was getting ready to resign from three taverns. I didn't really tell anybody. I was in my shower. I was fighting with God. And I was like, I did not get into ministry to just dilly-dally around and waste my time. I do not like playing church. Anybody else? Yeah? I don't need it. I don't I have any tolerance for that. I would rather you throw me out of here and I'll go live alone. Keith, maybe go with me because I know he thinks this way too. Maybe I'll take Greg. And um, no, because like this, like, I, have no, I have no space for drama, hatred, bickering, what you think, what I think. I got zero egg on it. That's not why I'm in this gig. I love teaching, but the reason I love teaching is because I love imparting something cool that God put in my heart. I could just as easily sit here and listen to Evan teach or Greg teach or Keith. Keith. I just want to be here. Like, this is a collection of believers I collect with you because there's just not a lot of them in this community. You're like, no, there's several big churches full of them. That's right. They're full of them. They love gathering there. I love gathering here, but I'm telling you, there's still eight out of ten who aren't. So when I wanted to quit about 15, 17 years ago is because I couldn't figure out how to make disciples. And I would constantly take men's on men's retreat, women on women's retreat, outings, this and that, pouring their lives, right? Menopause, weekends. What, Paul, we'd get like one or two or three, John, people who'd commit themselves and the rest would just go back to their freaking lying, cheating, stealing ways. And I hate to say it, but it's hard to live in this world and come out unstained, you know? So I'm not picking on them, I'm just saying, was ineffective, and I was just like, God, I'm done, like, I did not get into this to run a little itty-bitty or big country club, back then, there was about 250, 300 people here, I said, that's not why, I, it's not why, I, I, no, I, I didn't leave business to do this, God, I'll just go back and make money, and I'll give to your church, and I'll keep, I'm done, and he's in the shower, <clears throat> it's always good to talk to God naked, it's like, uh, frying bacon naked, <laughs> you're, you're gonna get burnt, and, um, so, I, he said to me, really, you know, yeah, you don't get to do that. And I was like, nah. <laughs> he said, no, you're a decision scientist. You spent your life solving problems for other people. You will solve this discipleship problem. And that's how we started on this journey of being our heads against the wall and research and everything else that's led to sustainable discipleship. That's where I'm at as far as reaching that community. I don't really care. If these chairs are empty because everybody's heard and no one wants to come then we'll just put some of the chairs up for a while, okay? I, I, it's not about numbers, but it is about numbers. Like, there's got to be a way to, to, to what? Move forward. Have you ever felt this way in your life? Like, you, you know, you just like, I, it, it's just time to move forward. And, and so then I was like, you know, God, when I look at the discipleship changes, anytime I've moved forward in my life, um, Amber and I getting married. Anytime <sighs> I've moved forward in my life. There's always been this stop, self-check thing, right? There's always been stuff I got to clean up, fix up, or get away. I was listening to worship team praying on Thursday. On Thursday, they were praying, God, put a fire in people, like, to where we really see the death. So Amber came home, and she's like, I, I had to, I told her to be quiet. I actually said, shut up, but it wasn't, like, harsh like that. It was, like, joking husband, wife, uh, shut up, or else I'd have a black eye. So I was like, I just like shut up. She's like, no, like, they're... Isn't it killing you how they're beheading little kids and blah, blah, blah? And I was like, oh, shut up. I, I, I can't take it. Like, I want to vomit. Is this doing this to anybody else? Like, you just physically want to throw up and you feel so helpless? That's how I feel about this community. That's the prayers the worship team's been praying, that we'll get that way, that, that we will be vomiting over the death that's happening out there out of the, the the fact that people don't have that opportunity. Does that make sense? And that God would show up here and that and. And so you, I, I don't know, like, ah, you get it? So that's my move forward. I don't know what your move forward is, right? Because sometimes I do it personally. But every time I've wanted, I needed to move forward, there's always been this kind of reckoning that goes on. But what struck me about this, because if you, you know history, David does move forward. He continues to move forward. He's the greatest, strongest, most blessed king ever, right? Solomon the wisest and the richest, but David... Even Solomon gives glory to David. Man after God's own heart. Incredible, right? The thing I realize is that while David is doing this, I read the rest of the psalm. I cheated. The whole first 16 verses of this psalm are David saying stuff like this. You're super cool. You're incredible. Before I say anything, you know what I'm going to say. Before I do it, you know what I'm going to do. He's saying God's omniscient. He knows everything. He talks about, before I, before I was even formed in my mother's womb, because you know everything, because you're everywhere, you knew what I would look like. Like, and you created me. You created, you knit me together. He realizes that even though it's a biological thing God set up, that God created him. This all-powerful God has defended him in battle and war. This is 16 verses of him just praising God, but it's not even just praising God. It's powerful statements about God's all-knowing, And ever-present, he's like, even if I go, did you catch that when Greg was reading? Even if I go to the darkest place and I say, oh, whoa, it's dark around me. Ever felt that way? It's not dark to you, God. Like, you know what's coming. You know where it's going, right? So out of this, you look at David and how he moves forward in this really healthy thing, like, check me and then show me the way everlasting. Like, I want to be like that. The thing we have to realize is if you look at the first 16 verses, David was moving to that place. He was able to pray that prayer because he had a healthy relationship with God. He didn't just show up one day after being 20 years off doing his own thing and like, show me the way everlasting. Even though God loves that, he loves for us to come home. David was operating in a relationship where as a child... He sang songs to God and memorized, you know, them. He he was operating where this God had shown to be bold before lions and rescue sheep and the humility of being a shepherd and killing Goliath. All of these things that David did were his relationship with this ever powerful, loving God. And that's the place that David moved forward from. Then I got to verses 19 to 22. (laughs) Lovely verses. All this, God's so great. And then down here, it's what? Fix me, check me, move me forward. And then 19 to 22 don't fit. Like you, when you read it, you're just like, oh, what? This is what they say Oh, that you would slay the wicked, God. Oh, God, okay. Oh, God, you're so great. You know everything. You form me. I wake up with you and you're there. I mean, it's very flower. It's very cool. And then right after it, Oh, that you would slay the wicked, oh, God. O oh, men of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malicious intent. Their enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those that hate you, Lord? Do I not loathe? When's the last time you heard that word? Jesus? I loathe you. I mean, that's like breakup, right? You're done. I loathe you. I loathe those who rise up against you. I hate them with complete hatred. Utterly complete hatred. I count them my enemies. Okay, don't get derailed here. We all know that God is love. We all know we're supposed to hate the sin and love the sinner, blah, 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 blah. But it's not what he's saying here. This word, it's a Hebrew word. So it's a big, richer word. It's foe, enemy, uh, a castaway, whatever. So it's, it's this idea of I separate myself from the wicked. I, I, I did, I, like what's happening in Israel, I, I, I want to vomit. It makes me nauseous. I, get it? Hate, I. It's crazy, isn't it? How's that fit? It's really cool. Here's David. Clearly, we look at the end. We know that David wants to move forward, right? So we know he wants to move forward, and we see his beautiful relationship with this all-powerful, all-present, all-knowing God. But David takes account of his circumstances. So he's looking back at this rich relationship with God, but then he pauses. We don't know exactly what's going on with David. I mean, it can't. I tried to do all this nerd research. Just don't. But clearly, David's in the pile of poo. That's his own personal pile of poo, right? Not monsters inside, monsters outside. And he wants to move forward looks at this beautiful relationship with God, looks at his circumstance around him, his enemies, the things that are plaguing him. What? What, What's yours? Shame, addiction, real enemies, people who hate you, people are against you, relationships that broke up and now you're tormented. What what is it? Your boss? I had a boss who threw darts at me all the time. I mean, who's your enemy? Who's the one telling you you can't do that? Who's the one telling you God will never win? Who's the one... Cussing out your God, denying your God, the one that you you, you loathe it. What's your circumstance? Is that what David does? That there's rich, beautiful relationship with God. I'm going to look at my circumstance. And then he says this. And this reminds me of that verse where it says, before you go look at the speck in Greg's eye, because he's got a speck. Greg's always wrong about something. So if you look, before you look at the speck in Greg's eye, take his glasses off. Now, before you look at the speck in Greg's eye, look and check to make sure What? There's not a log in your own. And I love this. So he looks at his circumstance out of this healthy relationship. He wants to move forward, but then we're back to that little check. As he turns away from his circumstances, we go back to that thing where he says, what? But check me. Dude, I think that's the coolest thing. So here's David looking for God to do again what God has done for him and done for others before him to be all powerful, all knowing and ever present, right? To help him move forward. What? With God, in God's way, to join God. He doesn't say show me where to go, but he says lead me in your everlasting way. In other words, wherever you're going, I want to go. It right? sounds like Blackaby: See where God's working. Go join him. It's like, I, show me, I, but I won't just, I'm going to follow step by step. You don't need to give me the whole plan. I'll mess it up. Like, Just lead me. Whatever you want me to do, lead me in the what? Way? Everlasting. Do you ever think about that? Finances. Marriage, job, church, spiritual things, raising kids. Where is it? Where is it you need to move forward? And what David's saying is, you got to remember that God finishes what he starts. He leads us always from trial into victory. And he teaches us. He improves us. It really could just say in more modern words, the best way is God's way. The best way is God's way. The Bible is just full of just one-off advice. I started reading Proverbs yesterday on my Sabbath. Um, I almost didn't come to church today because I want to finish it. I I just got caught up. It's just so so clear on the character that I should have and, and the steps to take. And I was just consuming it. It's like, I just, I, I just want more. But David says what? Yeah, teach me. But lead me in the everlasting way. I want to share with you a scripture that, that just, it just hooked us for me. This is Jesus' words about his walk on this earth. Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son, that's him, Jesus, I, can do nothing on my own, but only what I see the Father doing. For whatever the Father does that the Son, I, does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. This This is the Savior of the world. This is the king, right, of the world. This is the one who's going to rule over the world, the one who's going to cleanse the world, the one who offers us forgiveness and freedom from shame, the one who conquered death, the one who rose from the grave. Jesus, all-powerful, the Messiah, the Son of God, says what? While he's on this earth, in these bodies that we have, he says what? I only do what I see the Father Now, how would you like to build a sonar for that or a radar for that? We could sell that bad boy. Here, just hold this. Beep, beep, there's God. Go join him. That's what Jesus did. He had this rich relationship with his father. He would go off to pray. He would spend time, right? And out of that, he would see where God was moving As people broke, as they asked to be healed, as they were demon-possessed, as they asked to be taught. He would see where God was working, and then he would go join him in his work in the what way everlasting. That blew my mind. Henry Blackaby, when he's talking about this, says that what we should do is that we should always look where God's working, consider that invitation. Go join him. So what do we do when it's time to move forward? How do we actually do that? And I think this psalm provides this incredible advice. David's life and God's word provides this incredible, I can almost hear Jesus going, I'll answer the question for me, right? I'll answer it for you, Doug. And he begins to sing this song. The point is, is that, There's always going to be a time when we need to move forward. Always. There's never going to be a time when we don't need to move forward. There will be seasons of rest, right? But we know there's always going to be a need for what? That next step. Kids are going to leave the house. Job's going to change. God's going to call you to something new. You're going to get burdened and realize that 8 out of 10 people in your community are dying and going to hell or at least disconnected from God. He's going to get a hold of you. He's going to break your heart. There's always going to be a time to move forward. I mean, it's like, and, and it's like, what do you do? You know, what do you do? That I lo- This prescription is what? Do what? It's like, show, lead me, not show, lead me in the way everlasting. Lead me. Do you realize that, that Jesus himself said, I have a lot of things I want to tell you. <laughs> Can you? Like, hey, Harriet, I got a lot of stuff that I want to tell you. And then and he quoted a movie because... That's what Jesus did. But you can't handle it. (laughs) The truth, right? He did. He said, no, I have a lot to tell you, but you can't handle it now. So later on, the spiritual, it's like for those of you more, you know, techie, it's a drip feed every week. You get a little more, right? Lead me in the way everlasting. Because we're always going to need to grow deeper spiritually. We're always going to need to move forward in our faith, move forward in our lives, move forward in our family and relationships, move forward in our careers, move forward financially. We're always going to need to move forward. And so then the, the question is, what do you do with that? So here you go. Four quickie steps, ready? Lean on your relationship with God. You want to have that rich relationship with God that you recognize who he is, how powerful he is, and you've been spending some time with him. Because he loves you, not to get something, but just because he loves you because he's God, and just like bathe in his word. Because I would tell you, like, I, there's something about the prayer time that just reminded me what it's like To take 30 minutes a day or an hour and a half a day or three hours a day, whatever it is, scattered out and just sit quietly with some worship music playing and go, You're God. Like, we just get so busy. Okay, but lean on your relationship with God. He loves you. He says He wants you to succeed. He says, I will lead you. So, number one is lean on your relationship with God. Number two would be this listen to what God is saying. OMG, right? That's, oh my gosh. Listen to what God is saying. He has an entire book. They used to have to do this orally, right? He said, go make disciples and teach them everything I taught you. You don't have to do that anymore. All we have to do is go make disciples. We can hand them a book. Everything he taught them is in the, the book. It's called the Bible, right? Basic instructions before leaving earth. You just hand it to them. Here you go. <laughs> you have that book. Like, go look in it. Join me. and Read Proverbs this month. It tells you what to do. It tells you all kinds of stuff. Just practical one-off. Listen. How about this? Ask God to run a systems check on you. Do that. That search me, oh God. Know my thoughts. Look in me and see if there be what? Test me. Try me. See if there be any what? Grievous way in me. Any monsters in me? And then listen to what he says. And fix what needs to be fixed. Why? Because you want to move forward. You need to move forward here before you move forward here. You want this squared away, this heart squared away before you move forward to other places. Does that make sense? Okay, and then listen to what he says about out here too. You say, lead me in the way everlasting, right? So listen to what he says. All right, so one, lean in your relationship with God. Two, listen to what he's saying. Look for where God's working. Stop trying to make him manufacture but God, I really want to run a restaurant. I do. Do you know that's my dream? I want to run a restaurant. I have two recipes. That's all we're having. They're my favorite ones. But I know I'll find other ones. Like Craig's Mac and Cheese and stuff. You know, we'll license it. But, but like, and Amber's like, no. She's like, the shields all the time at home. No, you can't. And I'm like, oh, come on, baby. And she's like, it'll break us, it'll ruin us. We both worked in restaurants. You know what this is going to be like it. And we can do it. She's no. But I've always wanted to run a restaurant. It's like Forrest Gump. You know, so like stop trying to make God join you where you're at. Like if you don't feel like God's moving in your life and you're not headed towards the way everlasting and you're trying to move forward, maybe it's time to figure out where he's going and go with him. In your life too, and I don't just mean in his big plan, because his big plan's important, but just look around you. You know why I'm traveling like this right now, right? I don't really like travel, if no one's figured that out. Um, I like being there, I like teaching, I like the moment of the sharing, but I don't really like the travel. Why am I doing it? Because thousands, literally thousands of people are, are finding out what we found out about discipleship. How do you walk away from that? How do you say no? No, I will not show you what worked for us. No. We do it all the time. So let's just fix that. Lean in a relationship with God. Listen to what he's saying. Look for where he's working. Look beyond your circumstance. Be honest with God about your circumstance, your enemies, your oppression. You feel bad about yourself. You're not good enough. You aren't. Get beyond all of that. Look for your little monsters inside. And then what? Like, where are you working, God? Where? I will go join you. Live moving forward. Like just live with the attitude of moving forward. Adopt his ways. You were listening to what he's saying, so adopt those ways. Adopt his truths into your life. And adapt your life to just ways, like wherever you need to adjust so you can join him where he's at, do it. Do you need to adjust your calendar? That's almost for sure. We're way too busy. We don't need to play 82 sports and all this. We we don't need all this. We're almost all too busy. So adjust your ways where you need to adjust so you can join him where he is working, so you can join him. But live with that, that moving forward. Take the advice I gave the kids, right? Choose God. Every decision counts. What? Good always wins. Set your entire targeting system, everything, to be where he is, not where you want to be. You don't understand. I have to work 12 jobs. Did you ever think maybe the reason you're working 12 jobs is because you didn't read Proverbs? What if you read Proverbs, got smart about two of your jobs, you can only work two instead of 12, and then maybe you could only work one? Or maybe we could read Proverbs and read about how we don't need all the crap we have. I have a friend who lives on like $22,000 a year. He cheats a little because he owns his own business, so some of his things are. But still, he lives on way less than most of the people I know who complain that they can't get by. Dude, we don't need this stuff. We, do you see, I'm, not, I'm just saying, adjust. Do you understand, I can't go on that mission trip. I don't know the money. You're telling me you haven't spent $1,000 eating out this year? <laughs> this month? You get it? Like, no. Stop saying I can't and start saying no. Lead me in the way of everlasting. This is costly. This is difficult. Yes, sometimes you have to give stuff up. You have to be totally transparent. I'm transparent, if you haven't figured it out. Evan in the first service was saying, well, what you see is what you get. Well, newsflash, I'm older than you. I've been doing this longer. It's exactly what you get. I stood up here and said, you know, just for kicks, I'm trying to see if I can stop something. So I picked Diet Coke. I'm at a restaurant last night with like 852 people. I don't know. It's the biggest party ever. I'm sitting there. And you didn't get invited? Oh, uh. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so, so I'm sitting at this, and, and I order a Diet Coke from across the room. Somebody goes, I thought you gave up the Diet Coke. Thank God for Katie. She came to my salvation. She said he did give up the Diet Coke. He mastered it. Now he can control it. Ooh. You got to get out there. You got to live moving forward. Talk to people. Make commitments. Step I want to be a better Doug. I think I'm in version 4.0 now. And I want to be a better Doug next year. I want to be a better husband tomorrow, next year, the next week. I want, I want to be a better friend. I want to figure out how to reach the live moving forward. People are like, yeah, when, when are you gonna when are you gonna stop and retire? Man, when people start saying the word when are you gonna retire to, you're like, wow, what the crap? Did I get old? What? I'm not stopping. Why would I get stop? I love what I do. Yes, no, we're gonna stop saving the world. It's your turn, Joe. I'm out. Yes, I just don't care about people anymore. I'm gonna get a pool. Yeah, play gin or a big gold chain. Play gin with my mafia friends. Move forward. Live moving forward. Don't stop. Why the heck would you stop? There's more territory to be conquered, especially if we can what? Have him lead us in the what? The everlasting way. What if your life could be as monumental as David's, as Deborah's? I want to make a side note here now that you have the steps. Maybe um, you're here today, you might be a little bit depressed, a little bummed out, or a little hopeless. I've tried this before. Great speech secretly uh, or really you're watching and you're home in bed maybe you're not even watching yet you're watching this on Wednesday when you finally got around to it because you really didn't want to hear from God or anybody else on Sunday you're depressed you're tired you're not motivated I just want to tell you that I have been there and I understand that it's easy for me to stay, stand here today and um And tell you this. But I can tell you this because it works. That's why I am standing here today. So don't give up. Like, just don't give up. I was there, hopeless, before I found God, and I've been there since I found God. I have disconnected from my father. I don't know how I got there. And I don't know where you're at, but whether you're disconnected or you've never connected with him for the first time, I just want to encourage you to try to take that first step and just lean in on a relationship with him. And if you don't know like, what that means, like you know, what do I have to like you know, you know, pour blood on a goat and chant or something? No, you don't. You just have to believe in God, but we all need spiritual guides. We need people to help us get there. So um, here at Three Taverns, we want you to find freedom. Right, want you to know God. We want you to discover your purpose. Other, I have other friends who they have the same. All the slogans come down the same. We just want you to have what we have today. So um, feel free to stop me after church, or stop any of the guys and gals who are up here on the stage. The band we're always prepared to talk. We would actually really love to just listen to you and where you're at in your journey. I just want to say to you, you're not alone. You're never, you're never alone. I, I felt a lot alone, but you are never alone. Because been there, done that. There's at least one of us, and I think there's actually more than that. So if you're watching, um, clearly you can come here. Uh, pretty much every day of the week we're here, except Saturdays. Um, or you can just reach out, fire an email off to Doug at 3 Spelled out. We're here. We would love to listen. Father, help us lean in on a relationship with you and put a burning desire supernaturally in anybody in this room who doesn't have a desire to truly have a rich relationship with you. Even if they believe, they're just not connected, I've been there, no judgment, I just want them to have the best they can have. Father, I pray that you would help us to listen to what you have already told us in the Bible, to actually read it, to, to, you know, to adjust to it, to fix the things that you tell us to fix, look, in, look for grievous ways in us, clean us up, help us listen To what you're saying to us about what we need to fix and and what your truths are for living and then God I pray that you would um, help us to just see where you're working like give us special sunglasses that let us see where you're working when somebody's hurt or they're in need or just in our life when we begin to excel at a certain skill set and you're like pour into that instead of trying to run a restaurant help us to adopt your ways to just move forward to have a mindset of, God, you're always working, and you're always moving, and we just want to be in that flow. Thank you so much for who you are. Amen. Cool.